Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. My name is Tony Kerr and alongside me, as ever, <laughs> is the editor of Guernsey Press Sport, Gareth Brevick. Hi, Tony. And his colleague on the sports desk, Jamie Ingrall. Hi, Tony. Hey, guys. Great to see you. Um, by the time uh, you're listening to this, hopefully the Guernsey Sports Commission's uh, annual Sporting Achievement Awards will have taken place. We're recording on Thursday afternoon and um, we already know who's won, Gareth, don't we? So we can uh, talk about it, but the pod won't be going out till after the event. Well, we did have some input into the winners, Tony. We, we don't decide everything exactly, but um, yes, we we are asked for our opinions on certain things. So um, yes, we we are in the knowledge, and it's been it was just another great year for Guernsey Sport, wasn't it? When you look at just the the nominees and the, the shortlist that we had to sort of help whittle down to a winner in each category, it just gets harder and harder each year. And and uh, no, it. it, it I know it sort of people will look at individual award winners, but it is very much a celebration of Guernsey sport and um, just just the the levels we achieve in so many different sports as well. When you've got sort of professional footballers, Commonwealth Games medalists, and I mean that's just sort of like the main three award winners really, um, and so much other great stuff going on sort of down throughout the age groups. It's just uh, yeah, it's just it's just great to be part of the whole sort of Guernsey sporting scene really. Yeah, exactly, and you know not an easy job by any stretch um, it's actually quite nice with the sports commission awards there are a slew of sort of top awards if you like so actually we're able to or you know we have been able to um acknowledge you know elite well three of the biggest performers of the year and biggest achievements of the year um but yeah certainly you know those who didn't necessarily win but were shortlisted for those top awards as well also you know in any other year you know would have been winners and you know Merit this year wasn't you know among the winners this year but won the sports commission trophy um the main award last year mm-hmm. but i mean yeah and it, you know you could give it to almost every year for the last few well, exactly and um it's it's hard to think that a Guernsey person who sort of plays an international football for England hasn't picked up an award for doing so this year. But um, yeah, I get the feeling that her name might well go on it again in future anyway. But um, I mean, yeah, she's just one of just one of so many people who've had great years to look back on. And it's just it's fantastic to be able to recognise that. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was tricky. Uh, the Sports Commission Awards, like you say, Tony, there's there's several of them, so you get to sort of like see a whole a r- range of um, abilities as well. It's sort of like I, I quite like the um, the Sir John Loveridge Trophy, and it just marks progression in sport. And sometimes it's, you can sort of like you can have very same names sort of over and over again for sort of top awards, but something like the Sir John Loveridge just just indicates how hard people work and how dedicated they are to their craft. And uh, no, it's great. And even when we sort of sit down and sort of look through citations for these people, there, there are some names that sort of like. Yes, you've you've sort of heard vaguely of them in the past, but then you actually go deeper into what they've actually been able to achieve in in their chosen sport, and it's, it's just fantastic, really. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a shame they can't all win an award, but uh, yeah, we do our best when it yeah. comes down to the judging. I think one thing as well that stands out for me, you know, while it wasn't a classic year when it came to kind of team sports and particularly interinsulars, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the football didn't go very well. Cricket, you know, have, have continued to to come up second best against Jersey. The rugby was very good, but yeah, away from that, actually, you know, there was a whole load of teams nominated for the um, team trophy, all kind of either first time winners of their their trophies, you know, Indies in cricket, um, Yobos in hockey, uh, Praxis Pumas in the basketball. Um, what all those teams have done really well is kind of create a real team atmosphere and a kind of mm. team bond. And the fact that that's still, you know, still a big thing in 2022 slash three um, is really encouraging. Yeah, it's great that... Um they they build a camaraderie amongst all these teams and um it 
it's not just a case. Sometimes, perhaps in some Guernsey sports, it can happen that sort of all the best players of a certain era or generation, I should say, sort of tend to find their way to perhaps one club side. Um, it doesn't in, in the sports you've mentioned. It, it sort of doesn't really happen as such. It's people who just enjoy playing sort of sport together, and by doing that, they seem to actually their performances improve all the time, and they get to the stage where they are challenging for for trophies and titles. I mean. Uh, certainly some of the, the guys I follow, I mean, I follow quite a lot of hockey and you, there you've got sort of Panthers winning the women's double last year for the for the first time, I believe, and um, and Yobbo's becoming Channel Island champions at the first time of asking. And um, they've done so, but you could see those sides building up to it for the last sort of five, six years. There's been progression coming through through their, um, just through their endeavours. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's obviously paid off and they're now sort of at the top of their game. Um, but I'm sure sort of other clubs will now raise their game to, to sort of try and knock them off the perch. It's just, just uh, it's great to see that, that sort of progression. Well, it's a big night for the Sports Commission. Very much looking forward to being there um, later on. Um, and, you know, obviously it's a, about a celebration of the, the kind of high achievers in Guernsey sport. But, uh, you know, as far as the Sports Commission are concerned, you know, that's just the, very much the tip of the iceberg. And um, we're going to hear it a bit from um, three of the team down there, Jeremy Frith, Steve Sharman and Nicky Will, who are also... If we'll be working hard all through 2022 um, to kind of push forward Guernsey Sport at all levels. Um, so we wanted to catch up with them to find out a bit what they thought about the, you know, about that tip of the iceberg and how inspiring that is, but also um, the work that's going on right down to the grassroots of Guernsey Sports. So that's coming up in a minute. But Jamie, we want to hear about your uh, trip to Hampshire <laughs> <laughs> the weekend. You're away um, following uh, yeah, Guernsey's athletes in the Hampshire Cross Country Championships. And it was a really good weekend mm. for Guernsey's women in particular. Yeah, I'm really positive weekends. Uh, me winning a prize in a sweepstakes certainly didn't hurt <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah I think the focus all weekend was kind of on women's team because it's nice for them to take the take the spotlight for once they've last year we barely strung together a team and this year we come out with we just come out of amazing strength and depth I think quite a few people might have seen the goals coming but it's also quite interesting like the mini rivalries within the squad who were placed where and yeah I think Nat Whitty had a fantastic performance uh used to be Guernsey's top 800 meter runner uh she's, she's probably still up there but now she's more focused on the longer distances and she came out with an individual bronze that was really good to see what about the men again yeah men have always been solid at this level it's extremely rare that we don't get a medal of some sort and we came away with a well-deserved silver <laughs> i mean southampton are incredibly strong as a team and quite often it's playing second fiddle to them but the fact it is quite close and again we showed real strength and depth i think that's a performance guernsey men should be proud of <laughs> also congratulations to steve dawes for getting veteran gold and leading home the guernsey team in ninth overall which at that level is very respectable yeah good impressive stuff uh, down in hampshire and um yeah they weren't the only guernsey athletes competing away this weekend um, because uh, Guernsey's men's hockey players uh, were at Crawley in the EH Tier 2 Championships and uh, they had a good, uh, well, I was going to say a good result, a good first half in particular. Well, yeah, they, by all accounts, they were sort of in control throughout the game, but it's not surprising when they were 4-0 up within the first half hour. So they, they got off to an absolute blistering start. Um, as I put to their coach Andy Good afterwards, it sort of it probably did help that they played the students uh, over Christmas, even though he was still um, not particularly happy they'd lost to the the local students. But uh, I think uh, the quality they faced sort of um, on the bank holiday during the Christmas. Uh, break certainly helped just galvanise the squad a bit and just get them ready for the Crawley game. And yeah, they they'd fallen up within half an hour. Sean Donaldson scored twice on his 
competitive debut for the Ireland side. Um, Ant Stokes got one which has been credited to him. Uh, originally, uh, from the, the original text I got, it went down to Josh Kendall, but they've given it to Ant Stokes in the end. And uh, Zach Damerall finished things off. And um, by all accounts, they could have had more in the second half. The um, Crawley goalkeeper had an excellent game and, and made some very impressive stops. But no, it's a really good start to the competition for Guernsey. And it's great that um, they'll now have a home tie to look forward to. Um, their opponents will be either Old Merchant Taylors or University of East Anglia, who face each other this weekend, I believe. So um, hopefully, perhaps at the end of this month or maybe at the start of February, we'll have a have a home tie to look forward to. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for um, the date on that one. Uh, right, okay, I think that's just about it for part one. Coming next, we'll be hearing from the Sports Commission team. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Um, right, it has been a busy year for the Sports Commission, um, that's for sure, um, as well as handing out the main awards um, in Guernsey's sporting calendar, apart from maybe the Guernsey Press Sporting Achievement of the Year, which tops a lot. <laughs> um, the Sports Commission team have been uh, yeah, very busy, as I say, in 2022, and they um, popped in um, to have a chat, or three of their team popped in to have a chat and fill us in about what's been going on, what's in store for the new year, and what their priorities are at the Sports Commission. I caught up with Jeremy Frith, Performance Director, Steve Sharman, their Relationship Director, and Nikki Will, Director of Communications, a little earlier this week. Nikki, Steve, Jeremy, welcome back to the pod. Good to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you, Tony. Thanks so much for coming in. Big week for the Sports Commission um, in terms of uh, the awards night on Thursday, which obviously um, yeah, a celebration of an amazing year uh, of sporting achievement in 2022. Nikki, I know you're going to be up on the stage um, uh, doing a bit of the uh, uh, the speaking, and, and obviously you've been heavily involved in putting the the event together. I mean, yeah, how much are you looking forward to to being able to celebrate what was uh, yeah what was a stellar year for Guernsey Sport? Um, well, I, I'm really excited about it, Tony. Um, to be honest with you, yes, it has been a bumpy year. There's uh, a lot to celebrate, uh, a lot to reward on Thursday. Um, we've had an absolutely amazing crop of nominees for all the awards. Um, and it's not really just about the winners. It's about recognising that 2022 really was a superb year. We had some amazing performances, uh, both off-island and on-island. We had the return of a lot of the inter-island competitions. You know, COVID hopefully uh, is now uh, pushed us side and we can look forward to 2023 with real optimism certainly some of the names at the top end of those awards you know we're talking about international um kind of level achievements um in terms of what the sports commission um got done locally in 2022 what were the sort of standout sort of facts and figures and, and, and stand out i suppose um, um sort of breakthroughs i guess for for the commission last year I think for the Commission, uh, we've really focused on um, a couple of areas. Uh, we've continued, obviously, with our work in the community, with really focusing on being the voice for sport. But we've had some real successes, too. Um, you know, our um, development in terms of supporting coaches to get qualified on Ireland, which then feeds into... Um, sports being able to um, grow and develop and then be supported through uh, our um, support for them through governance and sports mark um, you know we've made some real strides there but to be honest with you it's the day-to-day -day. it's us being in schools it's us working with sports it's us uh, working as part of the community that's that's been a real highlight this year. Yeah, and Steve, you're probably as across Guernsey sport as anyone in terms of kind of, you know, connecting with um, with all the different member sports that, that you guys represent. I mean, what some of the people, what some of the individuals achieved last year, you know, when you look at Mayor Letizia, Ala Chalmers, Lucy Beer, you know, you know kind of, and there are, there are numerous others as well. How well placed are we to, at the moment in terms of Guernsey sport to kind of, you know, lay the foundation for, for future those to come through? Well, I think we're in a really good place and, Tony, I think we should celebrate um, 
our sports being having great foundations now to deliver to across the the entire community. Um, so there are those pathways within sport for people to succeed and achieve at the highest level. But um, I, I think our, our sports need to be celebrated because the bits behind the scenes, the, the nuts and bolts of how you organize a, a club or an organization or an association, how you take on that responsibility, the, the, the jobs that are really, really important, ensuring that you have the right coaches, you have the right um, processes in place, that, that you are well run as an organization. That, and, and, and ultimately, ultimately, that you are a safe environment for, for everybody. Uh, concerned I think um, I don't think that, that there's been a, a, a better time in terms of Guernsey sport as far as as far as that's concerned if you also um, layer that with the fact that we have some outstanding um, development officers um, linked into sports and um, we are really really fortunate and, and and I think that other jurisdictions of a of a similar size and and, and even I would say um, a, a, a bigger than, than we are much bigger than we are, um, are would be really sort of envious of um, the, the, the amount of support that these development officers give within the community. Um, you know, you only have to look, we, we, we put 80,000 experiences for children within secondary school. And that only works because the, the PE teachers embrace and, and welcome that support. You know, we're, we're providing alternative curriculums for, for children who um, at certain um, stages of their maturation um, struggle with engaging with mainstream PE. Um, so that's down to a, a really agile and flexible workforce that, w- that we have. And we're able to provide solutions right across um, the education piece, certainly in the secondary area, which, which I'm involved with. And Jeremy can talk about the primary area. So I, I think all the platforms in place, 2023 for me is going to be uh, that opportunity to, to, to really um, ensure that, that every sport is the best version it can possibly be in any given day. Yeah, and you mentioned that kind of um, that safe environment that, that we're trying to create around all sports. And you know, Sportsmark is right at the centre of that and something you've been working hard on for, for a little while now. It, it, how, how much progress have you made in terms of the overall picture in Guernsey you know have you got through to every sport the ones that are still lagging or? so we, we we are we are two-thirds with with sports have achieving sports mark um we have a number that are that are well on their way and we have we have those that are outliers um and again the, the message is key why wouldn't you you be uh, be be involved and, and and try and gain sports mark it doesn't cost you anything it doesn't cost the sport anything or you get a support and what we've done is really put that at the hub of the work that we do in terms of support from the Sports Commission, but also link that into funding streams from things like the Social Investment Fund or the Guernsey Community Foundation, that sports need to have or working towards Sportsmark to achieve that. So, um, yeah, we, we, we are well, down, well, well, a long way down the line, sorry. And um, by the end of 2023, I think we'll have a few sports that won't have made it um, and won't have engaged and they, they will have made that decision. And we'll be pretty clear with them and with the community that um, they haven't come on board and uh, people need to be be conscious of that. Yeah, what does that mean in terms of your or the Sports Commission support? I mean, when you look at, I suppose, like hygiene ratings at restaurants, you know, it's on the, the front door. Is it a case of saying to the to the community, you know, if if the, the sports organisation that you're engaging with, your child is engaging with, doesn't have sports, Mark, then, you know, there's something kind of severely lacking there. 
Well, I think we, you know, we take our responsibilities really, really seriously. If we're saying we're the voice for sport, and, and you put your head above the parapet and say that, then you, you know, you have to provide the challenge, and you have to ensure that that certain standards are standards are met. You know, there's no point in pussyfooting around this. So, yeah, absolutely, it, it will be every opportunity for every sport this year to be to gain sports mark. If they actively don't want to do that, then you know, it is telling the community, it's telling the facility provider this organization hasn't engaged hasn't got sports mark they're not quality assured we're not sure what their 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 coaching qualifications all those sorts of things you need to be aware now we're doing that already because there are organizations there are sporting activities on the island um which, which don't come under our umbrella which which are not regulated um, so people people can take their choices, but from what from our perspective, for our help and our support, and for us to develop them, um, yeah, we 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 will be pretty, pretty well. We'll be really firm on this, we, and we, I think we have to be. You know, otherwise we are not uh, representing sports in in the right way, and not not actually serving our community. Yeah, and Prithi, obviously schools, I guess, is somewhere where you know people will expect um, that the provision of sport to be pretty solid and uh, uh, yeah, and pretty safe. Um, that's something that you obviously have involved in. Um, yeah, tell us about the kind of progress made in 2022 and, and um, sort of, I suppose, what's on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, well, I think where we've got to now with our staff that are based in the primary schools is they're now firmly part of the furniture, and 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 I think there's a real sense of everyone understanding more and more what they're they're capable of doing, um, and also the the impact they're having. I mean, one of the reflections that I have, you know, sitting here thinking about it is is not just those stories of individual sports and the progress of the medal winners and everything else, but also the individual stories that we that are being generated every single day now and pretty much every single day we go into work there is an email a phone call from either a social worker healthcare professional a teacher a parent or carer that is coming to us and saying here's here's a young person in this situation what can you do to help and that is happening more and more every day and that's not necessarily of the island being represented the island being in crisis i think it's because we're more in touch people know what we've got to offer and we're delivering that um and those are the stories and that's the impact that we know sport can have on those people's lives so it's those bigger stories of yes we're having impacts on schools yes we're doing this we've got all these things happening but actually those little individual stories many of which aren't for the the public domain are really the ones that sort of drive us every single day and because we can see the impact that they're having on young people right there and then. And presumably the ambition is to help as many of those people that reach out to you as yep. possible. I mean, do you get close to, you know, is there, a, is there something for, for every kind of situation that you're kind of faced with? <laughs> the, the, we'll get as close as we can. And obviously, you know, we've, we've got um, our staff now working with some of the most vulnerable young people in the island. Um, and the fact they're in that situation means that we'll be helping some really difficult to reach um, children, young people. Um, yeah, I think we set out in our action plan that, you know, sport is for all. Um, and if you're going to achieve that, it's very much an aspirational statement. All we know is we're getting closer to every single young person 
having access to sport in a way that's suitable for them and is safe. Looking forward in, in 2023, uh, we've got the 10th uh, Youth Games happening, Specsavers Youth Games, and that really is another amazing opportunity uh, for children in years five and six um, to try a sport. We've got 23 different sports um, available to them this year. Uh, and, uh, you know, we really want our sports, they're so keen to be involved, but they also recognise that the importance of then providing a pathway for the children to continue with that sport afterwards. And particularly at years five and six, when they're looking to transition into secondary, that can be a real point where they they drop away from sport and physical activity and um, you know as Jeremy said um, you know by working in schools and working uh, with our sport development officers we hope we, we really hope to be able to continue that love and enjoyment of sport as they get older. Looking back a few years was there was there a time when sport didn't reach as many people as it does now I mean you know, Frithi is talking about the sort of the, the more challenging circumstances where you're able to actually um, kind of use sport to, you know, to benefit yeah. those individuals. I mean, would they have been kind of lost or, or they, you know, that aid wouldn't have been available to them kind of a few years ago? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's probably the case. And for a variety of reasons, number of staffing, I think we've gone from a staff group of eight or nine centrally up to almost 20 odd people working for us in some capacity, most of those engaged around school. So our reach is so much greater. Um, I think we're, we're better engaged with the sports development officers and sports development officers are also seeing us as a place that they can come and be supported, whether that's because that they're, they're getting um, financially rewarded now for doing things that maybe we didn't have the money to do in the past. Um, I think we've got a really good integrated approach with education. I know our director of education is really supportive and, and is a huge advocate of the, of, of working and supporting particularly some of our most vulnerable kids in the community. So. I think at all levels, whether that's on the ground, people in trainers, knowing that our focus is those children right the way through to our relationship, particularly with education and increasingly with um, social workers as well, is, is allowing us to, to, to access those children and young people in a way that's appropriate um and and is supportive where and and a lot of that is down to government support and the resource we've had coming through which is obviously one of the focuses for 2023 in terms of making sure we get that nailed down not just for for next year but for the next five ten years so we can really push forward and build and plan with certainty rather than sometimes you know when you're at the end of a funding cycle it's all a bit crikey you know are we, are we still gonna be able to do this this time next year yeah and steve you mentioned obviously that the, the development offices um there's a fantastic uh, slate of development offices you've got you know on the on the books at the moment and lots of new sports kind of added to it in the, in the well in the last year or two outdoor pursuits hockey cycling boxing uh, are we at sort of full capacity when it comes to the development offices now or is there is there still more to do well i think um we 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 we've, we've sort of a core, core sort of golden thread for us is investing in people. And so um, I think ev every sport should have an aspiration of having somebody who can be their development officer and champion their sport. Um, it, we, we want to ensure that um, working a career in sport is professionalised. And so... Um, if a sport wants to go down that route, we're going to support them. It doesn't mean to say that we're going we're going to be able to fully fund that because um, there's obviously that cost associated with it. But the opportunity cost of not having good people working in sport is is significant. The opportunity cost of not having what they do for the community is far greater than the cost at the front at the front end. And um, I think lots of people 
uh, are, are recognising that. Um, whether those lots of people are people are, are decision makers, often, I'm not so sure, but certainly within the private sector, um, people are recognising what we're doing in terms of making people's um, lives better. Um, and so are, are, you know, supporting that. Um, and um, we, we, we are seen as being a support network to to government agencies government organizations government departments which is which is absolutely fantastic um so uh any sport should have that aspiration of having having a, a development officer look I'm, I'm starting a review at the moment of of snooker and and billiards and you know really looking forward to going into places like the north social and the gremlin club and all these places and speaking to people and saying well you know why is it important that we continue to support snooker well you know, there are going to, going to be many reasons. It's a cultural part of, of Guernsey life. So um, why shouldn't they have a development officer for snooker and billiards? Why don't we get it away from, you know, being associated with, you know, dark, seedy sort of sort of environments into into mainstream you know why not what about facilities then because that was obviously a, a, a you know big piece of work that I know you guys did in the last year or so um what came of that and what sort of next on the agenda in terms of kind of making sure that the facilities i suppose match the aspirations of the people using them I think from from our perspective, it, it was a great piece of work that, that Amy carried out before she became the Netball Development Officer. And I think we have a frustration, really, in that um, there's a, a huge bank of evidence and knowledge uh, contained in that report, but also contained within, within individuals that can really help and support um, it, sort of organisations, departments, the states, the government, when they're making decisions going forward. The fundamental question has to be asked is why do we have, why does a state have sporting facilities? So if they understand why they have them, um, and then we then we can decide on what and how we use them. And I don't think that is, that is generally thought through. I think they're, t- t- in my opinion, it's not clearly thought through. So, so we, we, we are working with um, states departments on that and trying to make access to accessibility um, far easier and um, you know we had some really 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 good discussions and some hard work in terms of the Lizelsway campus and that facility was going to be the first one that was absolutely fit for purpose for not only education but also for the community in terms of its size um, and, and its capability to to uh, deliver um on on the other on the flip side you look at private developments i mean you know we news today around what the velo club wants to do at delancey park as far as their pump track and that's been four years in discussion um you look at what's happened with the aztec center rob jones down at the hoog de pommier um the gfa plans for the new home of home of football there, there are lots of private things going on and and, and again some of our, our local clubs have have really developed you just have to go down to somewhere like rovers to, you know see the, the the work that they've done to make their facility accessible and really community focused the work that sylvans have done in 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 moving away from something that is a car orientated environment to encouraging you know bike use but also diversifying into sports such as you know patonk so um i think the private sector is leading the way on this in 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 many respects i think the fundamental question of why the state have sports facilities and what then and how they're going to use them that why question has to be answered 
Yeah, and Nikki, I mean, you know, at the moment, this, well, this year, there's going to be some very big political decisions. I mean, this year, in the next few weeks, potentially some very big political decisions that will be made around the economy and around fi- sort of public finances and stuff. How important is it this year that kind of, I suppose, that the Sports Commission, but sports in Guernsey in general kind of stick together and, and, and make sure that the, the message is kind of understood that that sport's an important part of the island? I mean, I think we've, we've got a good foundation. There is an existing uh, government sports strategy, Activate. Uh, unfortunately, it was only funded for three years and, and 2023 is the final year for that. Um, I think we've got a wealth of evidence, as we knew we would, um, that supports the fact that sport... Um, is is a really positive influence on physical and mental health, um, you know, and it has a real uh, positive impact on our community. Um, I think that the difficulty is um, for the Sports Commission is in ensuring people know what we do um, and how we're involved in the impact that we have. And perhaps sometimes, you know, sport is seen as a nice to have rather than an essential um, part of our lives I think it's going to be interesting in 2023 when um, we have the the NatWest International Island Games and everybody is going to be behind sport we're all going to be excited regardless of whether you play or uh, volunteer or even watch sport I think the island will absolutely come alive and I think one of the legacies that should come out of that is um, you know proper sustainable funding for sport. Yeah I I think it's a really good point that Nikki's making and you only have to look at um, all these this sort of conversation that goes on when you host big events and the impact that people perceive you know they, they put that into the rationale for having events in the first place look at this legacy that's going to, to going to leave well you only have to look at what's happened after the 2012 Olympics and the fact that we found out you know in this week that a billion pounds worth of uh, legacy funding Sport England got no idea where that's been spent you know they know where 450 million pounds gone but not for a billion now it's all well and good at having the Island Games and that's going to be absolutely fantastic but you know what the day that the Island Games finishes the day after there's going to be a need on the island for sport to make somebody's life better and also probably to save somebody's life and people need to understand that as well so it's not just all about the back pages and you know I'm not deriding the the uh, organization that you work for in any way Tony because that's really really important but it's the bit you know it's the bits that go go under the radar that are often as important the games will be a, a, a fantastic opportunity to really inspire people and people to have a good time and to have fun and feel good and that's absolutely absolutely right that's as it should be but at that point someone should say well look at the island games we've got all these medals sport in island sport on the islands in a good place there is much there are many more layers to it and uh, and we need to make sure that that we get that message out as well afterwards and build on on things that we've done already yeah have you guys got or as a commission have you got a plan in place for for what comes after the island games in terms of capitalizing on it and capitalizing on the, you know, it, those opportunities i think it just builds into everything we're doing every day we know there are going to be different points in every calendar year where they're punctuated by events maybe not as big or as um, all-consuming as the island games but there are absolutely things whether it's international events beyond the island or things that are happening here that capture the imagination of not just our young people but the whole community really so what we've tried to do is not put in place something that's reactive and just grabs on something I mean generally what you'll see with those sorts of things is there's a bit of a spike in a in participation around Wimbledon, for example, everyone gets their tennis rackets out and then two weeks later we're into something else. Um, but it's to make sure any growth we have is sustainable and that is building on the foundations of things like Sportsmark, 
of supporting a well thought through facilities portfolio, making sure we've got professional, well qualified people delivering in our schools, engaging with young. So those people are there. So for instance, what it will be for our staff in schools around the Island Games, they will be working with education and the schools to deliver some sort of curriculum around the Island Games in the build up to that. So that's utilising the resources we've got, focusing on something that's happening, but we're not suddenly thrown £100,000 at some new initiative off the back of it because what we feel we've got in place is there to sustain and support any eventuality and anything that comes along. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it is going to be an exciting year in terms of those specific events. But um, yeah, good to, to hear about all the uh, the work that you guys are doing at the Sports Commission. Uh, thanks for coming in and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Thanks, Thank you, Tony. Tony. Cheers. Cheers, Tony. Jeremy Frith, Nikki Will and Steve Sharman from the Sports Commission joining me there. Um, yeah, it's always great to catch up with those guys. You know, the passion for Guernsey sport um, is very evident to see. And um, yeah, they've got a, a big and interesting year ahead. So we'll be following um, what happens with the Sports Commission very closely this year. Um, sooner than that, though, what's going on this weekend? Where are we going to be? Very big game for Guernsey FC on Saturday down at Foots Lane against Sutton Common Rovers. Um, I think at least a couple of us will be down there seeing how they get on. Um, but yeah, what else is uh, there to keep an eye on, Gareth? Well, um, it's been interesting catching up with Jordan Reynolds, who's now back on Ireland, the director of rugby for Raiders, who um, he went back home to Australia for, for Christmas to, to see his family. It's his first time back sort of since the COVID hit. So it'd been four years away um, last week when Raiders were playing um, against Henley at home and they, they lost by one point, unfortunately. It was a bit of a heartbreaker, that one. Uh, Jordan was up at 2am in the morning getting updates of what was going on and then as soon as he woke up sort of properly in the morning he was watching the video of the match and he's already given me his analysis of the whole thing even though he was 10,000 miles away when that game was going on. Um, he's now returned. He's still got a bit of jet lag, I think, but he's um, he'll be taking the team once again back to... Uh, they're going to North Walsham this weekend in Norfolk. I think it's probably their first visit there. Um, and... Although North Walsham are actually second from bottom, they're actually they're, they look quite a decent side when they came over here. They um, we ended up beating them very comfortably because they had a man sent off um, after about twenty minutes, about midway through the first half. Um, but up till that point, they looked they could be a bit of a threat, and they've beaten Henley, so um, they're obviously a, a very capable side. And Guernsey will be um, looking to to get back to winning ways, but um, it, it won't be particularly easy. Um, they're hopeful that uh, Callum Roberts will be back fit. They've, they've got largely the same side as um, that the, the one that took on Henley last week when they were missing Lewis Hillier, who will still be away, the captain, so he's um, not available. Dom Rice will lead us once more. Um, I thought Dom had a, a good game as captain last week. Uh, he, he showed a, perhaps a, a bit of inexperience in leading the side. And I know that there'll be times last week, if Lewis Hilly had been playing, had been in the referee's ear a bit more. And Dom was almost a bit too respectful of the referee, I think, last week. <laughs> I, I do like that in rugby. The fact they are very respectful. They do accept decisions. And they basically, once a decision is given, they walk away from it. Um, but there were a couple where you think, why has that been given? And I, I, I would have probably been questioning the ref. But um, fair play to Dom for being so so um quiet um but yeah hopefully they'll they'll get back to winning ways this week and i know jordan is a bit fed up of having so many of these games where we couldn't perhaps should have won and he wants to actually just turn those into proper wins so hopefully this weekend that happens yeah fingers crossed jamie where are you gonna be Oh, we've got a big, uh, big Friday night basketball clash. Uh, we've got Le Saint versus Chargers. And yeah, looking at the season so far, it has been exceptionally competitive. Pretty much every men's match for quite a while now has gone down to 
one point, two point, three points, all exceptionally tight. Uh, and as it comes to the culmination of the season, we're sort of down to the last month. So it's really the business end of the season. Based on form, Lamont Sant will be favourites for this match. But yeah, you never know. It, as before, it's very unpredictable, very competitive. Well, that quality bodes well heading into an island game this <laughs> summer. So yeah, another busy-ish weekend, lots to keep an eye on. So uh, we'll be doing that. Um, make sure you're picking up a Guernsey Press six days a week. Um, for all the latest on Guernsey Sport, and we'll be back next Thursday with another Guernsey Press Sport podcast. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Tony. Cheers.